Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Commander Clash podcast, where the Commander Clash crew, uh, me and Seth and Richard and Krim, we are all here gathered around, not to play a commander, but to discuss commander. And this time we have a pretty hot topic uh, that we kind of stumbled into uh, in a previous game or so. Apparently a lot of the crew members have differing opinions on MDFCs. These are modal dual-faced cards. And we're specifically going to be discussing the MDFCs that came out from Zendikar Rising. Uh, these are all cards that have a spell side, uh, a creature or instant or sorcerer or what have you on the front. And on the back side, we have a land. Most of the lands enter the battlefield tapped and they all tap for one mana or one colored mana. And the mythic ones are very special that you can also enter the battlefield untapped, immediately use them and pave three life instead. And uh, we had a discussion recently where, uh, you know, some cards like Ondu Inversion, perhaps, uh, there was there was uh, differing opinions on how good some of these MDFCs are. On one end of the scale, you know, we've got like Seth, who plays every single MDFC that's in his colors. And then there's people like me who uh, run, you know, conser very conservative approach on them, too. Um, so that is a discussion for today. Very controversial stuff indeed. And the way we're going to be doing it is each of us are going to give a rating on every single card. So we're going to go through every single MDFC from Zendikar Rising, and we're going to each give a grade after our discussion on it. And the grades go from S, which is an auto-include, which means we're going to alter our deck to accommodate it, and we're going to even consider playing it in five-colored decks. Uh, a ranking means really good overall, uh, and we're very happy to cast this in most decks. Uh, B ranking is only good in certain decks, where we're very happy to cast this, but only in specific decks that, you know, can synergize with the card. And then C ranking is average. So C is actually average. It's not bad. It's average. It says, I'm not happy casting this, but I have nothing better to do. So usually you try to use it as a land, but sometimes you cast it as a spell. It's fine. And then D is just don't play. We don't play these cards, uh, and if it's in our deck, we hope that we discard it to gamble. That's basically what D means, and we do not recommend. <laughs> um, so before we jump into the individual cards themselves, I just want to go around the table and, and, and hear from the crew, uh, what are your criteria that you're looking for when evaluating an MDFC? And I'm going to kick things off with Seth. What, what are you looking for when, when you're evaluating these cards? Uh, so... I don't really care what they do all that much. Like, I do a little <laughs> bit, but they're lands. They're lands that do things. So I don't really care how good that thing is. The fact that is, it's a land that actually can do <laughs> non-land things uh, makes me really rate MDFCs highly. So I'm my criteria is basically, is this a card that I could ever imagine casting and being happy with casting? And if the answer is yes, I'm probably going to play it in my deck. It, there's some that I'm like... Uh, even in its best case scenario, this isn't really going to be something I want to cast. Those are the ones I rank lowly, but uh, but yeah. So I uh, 
I really like MDFCs, and uh, and I think they're all pretty good, but okay, I guess we'll get okay. to that. Fair, fair enough. I, I was worried you'd be like, oh, yeah, and I run every single one as long as my color is. You're right. And that, would, <laughs> <laughs> that would have been weird. Uh, Not quite. I don't love them quite that much, but close. Fair enough. Almost. Fair enough. All right. Uh, next up, we got Richard. What, what do you look for when you're rating an MDFC from Zendikar Rising? Uh, pretty much like Seth, like how desirable the front side is. Mana cost doesn't matter too much unless it's something uh, that I need to play on curve. Uh, and my bar is basically, is it better than a scry land, right? Like the, the scry land is kind of one of the first tap lands I'll start putting in after all the untapped lands. So would I play this over a scry land? Unlike Seth, there is a downside, right? It's one color and it comes into play tapped. Right, so it is a free card, but there's a downside. So it's the scry lands that get cut uh, to accommodate this, and then if it's like S tier or A tier, then I might even cut like some real uh, dual lands that you know come into play untapped. Fair enough, fair enough. All right, Krim, what do you look for uh, when evaluating these cards? When it comes to all the MDFCs, I pretty I don't care about the mana cost uh, at all, really, because the thing here is like much. Seth has mentioned he, it's a spell, right? It's a spell that I'll be able to use whenever. Uh, so I, I don't mind that. And so the only thing here is that the land comes into play tapped. So the what I do care is about the effect. I don't mind paying for it. Uh, even if if it were like a nine mana Doom Blade, I'd probably like I, <laughs> I still play it like Hagra Mauling in like pretty much everything, right? Because I, I think Hagra Mauling is a really good card, which for some odd reason I. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll adjust something. So, uh, I play Hagramali in, like, every list of mine. So, yeah, it, it's a four-mana kill spell, which isn't great. It's a tap land, but I do love the versatility of it. So, yeah, I it's, it comes. I don't care about the mana cost. So, as long as it's just effect I would want and it goes with the theme of my deck, then I'll, I'll, I'll just play it. Because it almost feels like a free spell. Almost. Yeah. Almost. Okay. Okay, fair enough. I guess I'm, like, the most down on them out of out of the bunch and i i i play a lot of mdfcs too um basically for me i do think like there's a pretty pretty sizable cost to the land side of it like um i want basically the spell side to be an effect that i find desirable something that i want to happen in in a game of magic and i also want the cost to be something pretty decent too like hagrid mauling I find myself because we brought that one up. I find myself not really wanting it more and more as I play it because it is four mana for basically a doomblade effect, um, and I feel like I feel like some people or some we will we'll go into this a little bit further. But like the land side, it, it doesn't tap for multiple colors. So if you're in multicolor decks, there is a downside to that. But even in monocolor decks, it comes by tapped, and it's not a basic land. So if you are running stuff to care about basic land types like a Mary Shepherd, or uh, if you're running extra planar lands or Gauntlet of Power and stuff like that, if you are running those cards, these cards get actively worse if you're counting them as lands. So it's just like a whole thing. So apparently I'm like the most negative Nancy about about these out of the whole bunch, which is cool because I actually really like them too. So uh, some differing opinions here. Uh, I, I like that. Oh, we... We, we should ask one more question, I think, which is, do you count them as lands or spells when you build a deck? Like, are, uh, do you what slot do they go in? I know, for me personally, I go half and half, and my goal is a lot of times to, like, have 33 real lands, but, like, 40 or 41 total lands when you count MDFCs. So, like, 
each MDFC is like half a land, I guess, if you wanna you wanna calculate mm-hmm. it that way. But what a, what do you guys do with that? How do you count They're them? They, I, I look at them as a land. <laughs> yeah, land with upside. Yeah, like I'm not I'm not playing like. 37 lands plus like 12 mana sources and like eight MDFCs. Like that's like too much. Like they're they're somewhere between like, you know, seven, like 75% of land, right? Like, you know, if, if you play them exactly as lands, you're never going to cast them because you have to like actually play them as lands, right? So, you know, they're almost a full land to me, but not quite. I don't, I don't think that they're worth it in three color decks though, four color decks, so. That, that's why I do factor them as lands. Well, they don't mana fix. Like, the more colors you have, yeah. uh, definitely yeah. worse. I personally count them as spells, though, which is why I get so harsh on them sometimes. Like, if if, if it's a good effect, but it costs a lot of, like, way more mana than I, I'm willing to spend on it, then I don't, I don't want it in the deck. And I don't know. Like, I generally go, like, 36 lands, 38 lands even, and then some MDF seats on top. Um, but counting them as lands themselves, they come in if they tap. They tap only for one color. Ugh. The untapped ones, though, I count as land slots, though, because you can manage the battlefield untapped. So, like, Seagate Restoration and whatnot. So, so, awkwardly enough, I actually count that as a real cost. Really? Like, that three life matters. And I know Seth, like, just <laughs> writes it off because he pays, like, 20 life for one card. But a lot of times, games come down to, like, a handful of life. And if you play a Shockland in an MDFC, like, that's a significant amount of life you've lost, right? So, I actually... Unlike Seth, dislike just playing random uh, MDFCs that come into play untapped if I have no purpose for them. Well, you can because just play that, them tapped. That three life matters. Right? Like, if you really like the effect, you can just play them tapped. Yeah, I mean, if I like the effect, I'll play it because I can pay three life for it, right? But yeah. if I, I have no purpose for it, I won't put it as, like, a free roll because that, that there's three life attached to it. You start with 40 life, though. We're playing, we're life playing Commander. Life is just a reason. I think you guys should be worried about your life. I'm not hitting you formats, with birds, but, okay? <laughs> That's like third. That's like fair, one fair one enough. untapped lane that that costs three life. That's three bird hits essentially. That, that's three, three combat steps, wing right? Falcon connects. Yeah. That's, that's three fledgling ospreys that just hit you. And we know how that ends, right? So, all right. So we have some pretty differing opinions, which I like. So that means there's going to be some pretty decent discourse. So now that we've you know covered the basics of what these MDFCs were covering and how we approached them, let's jump into the actual cards. And we're going to kick things off with the black MDFCs. And we're going to be starting with Agadim's Awakening. This is a mythic black sorcery that costs x and triple black and the front side is a sorcery that says return from your graveyard to the battlefield any number of target creature cards from uh they each have a different mana value x or less and then the back side is you know a land but it enters the battlefield it can enter the battlefield untapped if you pay three life and it's has for black mana all right so <laughs> this card is a card and let's go over the ratings real fast. We've all rated them ahead of time. We're going to discuss them afterwards. So, Richard, you gave this card an A. Seth, you caught this an S. Krim and Tomer, uh, you, we both gave them an A. So, A's for Richard, Krim, and, and me. And Seth got an S. Uh, wh- what do you all think about that? Seems like uh, seems like we all mostly agree. I mean, I, I rank it a little bit higher than the rest of you. I, in general, like, yeah... The five color deck thing is a concern, and maybe that's like a little cheaty with the rankings. I can't honestly say that every one of these I put in every five color deck, but 
for the ones that come into play untapped, they are so free rolly for me that unless I have a deck that has like zero creatures or something, uh, I'm playing out Gadeem's Awakening. Like it, it comes to play untapped if I need a two three life ain't nothing. I, I spent twenty to to wheel before. <laughs> I, I, like what, I, I'm what is actually tempted life? to put this down to B. Right, this is actually one of the ones I I don't like, but because it's a free roll, like Seth said, but. You're playing black. It doesn't power Cabal Coffers. That's a big downside. Yep. And I've never seen us actually cast this card ever. No. <laughs> like literally ever on Commander Clash. Right? Like the other ones, like we cast frequently. This one, I've never seen cast and do anything. So I'm a little iffy on this one. But I think Coffers is a big issue because black decks like Coffers. That's, that's what I was always saying. Is like even, even in a monocolored deck, if you are running cards that care about basic lands... These do have a cost, and I feel like that that's kind of like left out of the discourse whenever I'm talking to people about MDFCs. It's like, oh, it's just basic, it's a basic land, it's a freebie. It's like, no, there are costs to not running basics. Um, that's why, but like, black I is special. Know. Black is everyone has coffers, but the other, like, I don't care how many planes I have, really. You can make it count as a swamp if you have Urborg, which I mean, yeah, that's always the a case, but that's like world. another tutor for, for the deck essentially to find the second part. It's also true. Is the bar really that high to play a, a non-basic black land? Like, are, are we really like, oh, okay, I can't have, like, strip mine and, oh. like, good cards no. because, oh, my coffers might make one less it, mana? It, it, like, it adds up, though, right? Like, you have to, like, let's say you play Bajuka Bog and then you play, I don't know, uh, strip mine. a Wasteland or something, a strip mine. Like, it, like I've actually played monocolored decks where I, I don't have enough forests for, like, my actual, <laughs> like, forest ramp because... I, I can play Field of the Dead quite easily because I have so many different types of lands, right? So it, it's not like the only factor, but it is a factor. And I think this is a good card, right? Don't get me wrong. I think we, we would play it. But I've just not found it weird that we've never cast it successfully on Commander Clash. That, I, I thought I did, but I realized... <laughs> you did? Did you? No, I don't think well, we've ever seen it. Because was it not in my rogues deck? Because it is in every rogue deck that I play. Because uh, I think that this card, even like I even played it in my Grixis Rogues deck. So that is three colors, because I do think the effect is powerful enough. And even with a control deck, you still play enough creatures. to Because, like, no, I mean, there are some decks that are just pure control, but sometimes I need to bring back both my, you know, Hall Breacher and Notion Thief to really lock it down. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, not this season, but the thing here is, like, yeah, like, I, I think it's the waiting card... in the wings for when they're unbanned. <laughs> yeah, yeah, when right? they're unbanned, they'll boom. It's, it, it's ready. So, like, much like Seth, I mean, I don't know if I would alter my entire deck to accommodate this, but I don't think at the same time I have to, really, just because of how many cards, like, I, I do play that, I mean, it may sound ridiculous, but, like, e even if it were, like, to get back, a, like, a, 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 a Gear Hulk, right? <laughs> like, it's, it's sure, that's, like, nine mana, but if I'm drawing this late game, eh. Why not? I needed something anyway. So I'm kind of on, on board with Seth here. And especially, I, I view it as a, because, you know, just like you had mentioned, whereas, yeah, like, I've played it in a monocolor deck, and, like, sure, let's say that I don't have enough forest, but I look at it as another way to throw a land in there that can then set off Field of the Dead. Because I feel like almost every deck in Commander <laughs> can play Field of the Dead. That's the counter-argument to Coffers. <laughs> yeah, but Field of the Dead. It powers Field of the Dead. Yeah, it powers Field of the Dead. So, like, there's, there's enough, you know, like, sure, like, you could lose the one mana, uh, but the thing is, you could also gain a zombie <laughs> or start getting zombies, <laughs> stuff like that. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's a real situation that does play out often, right? So, 
I mean, yeah, I, I, I didn't mean to say that this is a bad card. I actually do agree with, with uh, Seth and Krim that I would, I wouldn't put it in a, an S ranking, but I, I do like it at A ranking. It's one of my favorite MDFCs. Um, and I would run it in a bunch of like mono black decks, two color decks, three color decks. You can still do it. Like it's triple black. I wouldn't put it in a four or five. Probably the triple black yeah. would be kind of difficult there. And it does, it does work against Cabal Coffers and whatnot, but Herbal. you know, it's, it's Universal fine. Solid. It's also a spell. Like if you count it as a spell and not a land, which I, I think I would, um, then it's not really, you're not really comparing it to swamp. You're ca- comparing it to another mass reanimate spell. And then, like, if you're comparing it to mass reanimate spells that are on the high end of the curve, you're like, all right, I could have this mass reanimate spell, or I can have Agadim's Awakening, which can also be a land when I need it. And I think that's where I compare it. And I'm like, yeah, a reanimation spell that uh, can also be a land in a pinch that comes with the play untapped. Um, that that's a pretty spot, a nice spot to be in, and the effect's good. It's like a utility right. swamp. This one's not even hotly contested. We we generally agree. No, Just okay, Seth really fine, likes it. Fine. We got we got to keep let's going. Get, We're let's never get gonna to finish. The, let's get to the, the hotly contested stuff then. Uh, we're moving on to the next black card on our list, and this is Hagra Mauling. Uh, the front side is a four mana instant, two and double black. Uh, this spell costs one less to cast if an opponent controls no basic lands. I have never personally seen that happen, but it can. So you can you can pay for three instead of four. Uh, and it destroys target creature. Uh, no no restrictions there. Um, and then on the flip side, uh, since it is a rare and not a mythic, it enters the battlefield tapped and it has for black. What do you, uh, so we, we have the, the rankings here, and there is a little bit of divide more here. Uh, Richard gave it a B. Seth and I gave it an A. And Krim gave it an S. So uh, what do you all think about that? Uh, it's, a, it's a bit of a more of a divisiveness. Uh, so I, I can, I can understand like all these ratings, right? <laughs> it's I'm surprised about Crim though. Like we don't one for one in Commander. I don't want to cast Hagerball. <laughs> it's like a bad. I don't even want to cast like Swords to Plowshares. You don't even like, want to cast, cast Swords to Plowshares. No, it's a one for one, and right, you're you're down a card against the table. You you need to do it to not die, right? But you're not happy about it. Right, so I actually don't like these one-for-one one removals, which is why I rate this card lower. But I see if you actually like playing these 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 kind of spells, then it would be higher. But for my you know spot removal, I like universal removal, like um, Assassin's Trophy uh, stuff like that. But Black doesn't uh, really have a lot. Beast of within. Removal. Uh, yeah, I just don't play removal, dude. I don't know. <laughs> I just don't like. <laughs> one, I just don't like the color of best one. targeted creature removal. You're like, yeah, I. This isn't universal. I'm just gonna... I just I just don't like the card, right? But you know, if you like the effect, it's it's good, right? The rate is not bad. It's just one more, one or two more than like the equivalent. So, yeah, yeah. It's like two I, more, I think. I don't even care if it's if it's the three cost. If it's ever the the murder casting cost, then woo, that's great. But that's like so rare. However, like the thing is, just like having it. In Commander, people don't play enough removal. A single hole breacher should not stop a table, right? So the thing here is, when I play my decks, I think that I should be packing lots of spot removal along with... Because there's a few things that just, like, people pack that are just uh, one creature combo or something like that. Or a one... Like, it, it's very creature-centric, and I need to stop that. And at the, it's at the cost of a swamp to me. I don't care if it's tapped, because, I mean, Commander is mostly a slow-moving format anyways, so I don't mind the tap land. Uh, very rarely do I mind it. And for the upside of just being able to remove anything, I like that. I personally like because most of my decks do 
I don't necessarily have to alter my deck to accommodate this because all my decks do this anyways. They just need to kill stuff and counter stuff. And so that's why I'm a huge fan of these kind of effects. And I think it's a, it's an easy auto-include in any deck that even has black outside of, like, the four and five colors. So I just love – I love removal. Yeah. I love spot removal. And if it's universal, I'm, I'm here for it. Hmm. It's it's one that <clears throat> I play like any monocolor deck is in, any two color deck it's in. Once it gets to three plus colors, that's where Hagra's Mauling is a little bit a little bit more sketchy. So I do really like it, but uh but yeah, it's mostly for me limited to monocolor and like two color decks. I I also run it more than some other MDFCs for sure. I monocolor black decks I'll almost always run it. Two color decks almost run it as long as you're not in like Orzov colors. If if it's Orzov, I feel like Orzov has so much better spot removal that even the fact that Hagermalling can sometimes be a land is just not enough for me. Like D Spark and Anguish Unmaking and, and and those ones where basically like you're paying the same amount of mana, but the flexibility is so much better that uh, I don't I don't like Hagermalling as much there. But why um, not more removal? Is what I mean. Like because at the like I mean I I just feel like that's the thing. It's like why not right? Because then this way you're more likely to have something, and it's just a land at not at its worst. I mean, if I'm comparing it to Swamp, then and again, it's it's, it's like I'm comparing it to like Crypt Ghast and uh, you know the Extraplanar Lenses and the Maguses and the Cabal Coffers and all those stuff, um, where you know being a tapped non-Swamp actually hurts it a little bit. And what if I'm comparing it as removal, it's like you know it's not as good compared to the Orzov options. When you have both, obviously isn't, it gets better the flexibility. Uh, hmm. But isn't that an argument against like every charm <laughs> ever printed and every like command ever printed? Charms are fantastic. Like, oh, How dare you? Neither effect, neither effect is actually that good. Like the power of MDFCs is yeah. it's both. Like that's why they're good. Is it is a land when you need it, but it's also like a removal spell. And even if the land side's a little bad because it's tapped and the removal is a little more expensive, like it's the charm value. D- does that win you over, Tomer? If you think of them as charms, think of it as a charm yeah. where it's a land and a spell. Now, do you love them? S? No. (laughs) No. Because if the effects are bad, there's not, not all charms are good, right? I think, I think we can agree on that. There's some like D tier charms. I don't know. Um, And some charms are really good. It depends how, how valuable the effect is and how cost effective it is. The flexibility is just one factor to make them better. But like if you have two bad overcosted effects, doesn't make it suddenly a good card. Moving on. We got Malakir Rebirth, and oh, there is some discourse here. Uh, Malakir Rebirth is a one-mana instant. Uh, Choose target creature, you lose two life until end of turn. That creature gains when this creature dies, return it to the battlefield tapped under its owner's control. All right, and uh, the the ratings here are are pretty uh, uniform, except for me. Uh, Richard, Seth, and Krim gave this one a B, and I gave this one an S. And I feel like I need to defend myself here. I consider Malakir Meyer, uh, Malakir Rebirth, uh, one of the best MDFCs ever. Actually, yeah, it's like in my top three, I would say. I run this card in basically every single mono, dual, three color deck. And and I've been creeping it into like the five color decks even too. Uh, Basically, like if a deck is revolved around your commander staying on the battlefield, 
like most commanders are like honestly how i, I can't think of a, a deck that i have that isn't like heavily reliant on the commander being on the battlefield you want to protect it and paying one mana to have the creature basically come back from basically any destroy effect any sacrifice effect basically anything that's not exile Anything that isn't exile, this will protect it and bring it back to the battlefield. You got death triggers as well. So if there's any sacrifice trigger, like a Psalm Simulacrum or whatever, uh, you, you get that death trigger. It gets an enter the battlefield trigger too because it's re-entering the battlefield. And it's not even overcosted for what it does. Like if you compare other protection spells that does this exact thing, they're all like one black mana. Like it's exact same cost. So it's just, it's so good. It's so good. It's like the most, it's the most well-costed, <laughs> You're not paying extra for the flexibility is what I'm trying to say. You pay two life. That's it. Two life. So good. Oh, my God. It's so insane. So uh, insane. I'm... Bees? Really? Bees. <laughs> really? Everyone gave bees because we fine. don't play these cards. We don't play this card. It's so good, Do you play though. Blossoming Defense like in every green deck, right? Do you play... There, there's, like, black ones that can trip that do the same thing, right? Like, it's better than Blossoming Defense, though, because you're like, sure, let it die. Oh, it's a Wrath of God effect. I don't care. It comes back. Sure, but it's basically the same, right? For protection, it's usually Lightning Greaves and Swiftfoot Boots or something, what? right? Or like a Teferi's Protection or... Yeah, but it, imagine... All your things get indestructible. Like, there's only so many slots for, for indestructible. So, like, yeah, if you really need, like, this effect, it's good because it comes on a land. But to me, it's not as universal that you jam in every deck. Like, it's only specific decks that need super uber protection i right? just i just have a creature that i don't want dead or a creature that i do want dead but i want it to come back immediately afterwards and i put it in there and that that's like near that's 100 percent of my decks oh no <laughs> i play it only in one i play it in kirik because yeah just like yeah it, it's i don't need that effect in every black deck so Gosh. a lot but then again you're talking to somebody who wins without their commander all the time i'll, so I'll die on yeah, still. And seth doesn't play his commander either i'll die i don't i don't play I don't. my commander and i don't care yeah. if my creatures die because they well, all you don't let you pay trigger, all that so mana like, for like what? a nick whatever it's a panamonicon though seth it's a single use panamonicon on the land it doesn't work on my planeswalker so i don't care evoke evoke mold drifter okay mate I should probably yeah, not get up Moldrifter, <laughs> then cast Malakir okay, Rebirth okay. on it. Boom, you draw four cards. Easy. You sold me. All right. You sold Moving me. on. Black Bloom Rogue. This is not a uh, instant or sorcery. This is a creature, MDFC. Uh, three mana, human rogue with menace. Uh, it gets plus three plus O oh, as long as an opponent has eight or more cards in their graveyard. So it's a two, three usually. Or it's sometimes a 5-3. And, I mean, milling that much isn't that big of a deal. Uh, but oddly enough, uh, Krim, who said uh, he has a, a two rogue decks, we all gave it a D, including Krim. What's up with that, Krim? You want to explain it that? Sucks. Like? <laughs> like, like it sucks. It, menace isn't <laughs> a rogue. Yep. <laughs> Men menace doesn't do it. Like, I probably should give this an F, but I, that's not a grade I can give it. Because it's a tap land that also just is a rogue that has menace. That's not actually unblockable. Now, okay. I, a lot of the rogues that I do play are unblockable or require it to be in blue to be unblockable. But it's a so, land. But it's a land that's a... This, uh, yeah, the effect isn't strong <laughs> It doesn't do anything. It's just... Both, a, I, I, both and also, D doesn't mean like you literally never play it. Right? There, there, there's some niche situation, right? If you're playing a human rogue deck with 
some stipulation like budget, you would put this in. Yeah, yeah. If you're yeah, it was a budget, it's just you're not going to put in like ninety five percent of decks. Right? Yeah, that's yeah. what a D means. If right? you're on an extreme budget, I would put in an Anuan deck. That's for sure. All right, next up we got Pelaka Predation. Uh, this is a three mana sorcery. Target opponent reveals their hand. Choose a creature card from it with mana value three or greater. That player discards that card. Krim gave it Richard, a C. Richard, Seth, and Tomer, or me, <laughs> gave it a D. Krim gave it a C. Um, Targeted discards just bad. I would never like, want to cast this. I'd like, be embarrassed the, to cast I, I, this. I would much rather have a swamp. Like, I would much I just, rather. I want stuff that hits everyone, not one player. I don't even play Thought Season Modern. Come on. Yeah. I play it right. in Commander. I, I would run it. I would. It's not Fine. a great card. <laughs> okay, you only give it a C. You didn't give it like an S or anything. Like Malagir or Broke. Auto include. <laughs> All right. We'll move on. It is a Zoff Consumption Time, which I just love the name of that, by the way. Zoff Consumption. Um, this is a six mana black sorcery. Each opponent loses four life and you gain four life. Uh, so most of us gave it a D. Seth Krim and I gave it a D. But Richard, you gave it a C. Do you want, you have some explaining to do there? No, I don't care. This card's <laughs> bad, but I can see some upside to it. Like you want to gain life or life loss like matters. Like a lot of black decks have that theme. Uh, it's a little reach. Uh, so I, I could see you putting it in this deck. I wouldn't like raise an eyebrow, but it's also not super exciting. So I don't really care about this card. C or D is fine. <laughs> yeah, not much to say there. All right, we covered all the black cards, and now we're going to be moving on to the blue cards. Why aren't we doing this in Wooburg uh, order? I don't oh. know. It's just for maximum tilt, apparently. I did not put the list ordering. This is not my Notice my that idea. it's Grixis. <laughs> All right. Oh no, it is Grixis. So leave a comment. You leave a comment down below if it tilted you or not. But we're going to blue, and we're kicking things off with the mythic rare from uh, the cycle. Uh, this is Seagate Restoration. This is a seven mana sorcery, four and triple blue. Uh, draw cards equal to the number of cards in your hand plus one. You have no maximum hand size for the rest of the game, so you got to remember that part. Um, and then the backside, because it is a mythic rare, it is one of the few cards that uh, also can enter the battlefield untapped if you pay three life. If, if you don't, you just enter battlefield taps and taps are blue. Um, so we uh, are, most of us think very highly of this one. Richard, Seth, and I all gave it an S, and Krim, you gave it a B. So let's talk about this one. Uh, I, to be honest with you, I only like it for its maximum hand size. No maximum hand size, and that's it, right? So that, that like is nice. Cards? The drawing cards. You don't like drawing cards? Well, I mean, mo most people don't draw extra cards. What? He plays at a table oh, with Hall Breach. He's like, this, this, this gets oh, blown out by Hall Breacher. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not getting blown out by Hall Breacher. Uh, this this does nothing is... with Narset. Why would I? <laughs> Tap out seven uh, mana until Hall yeah, Breacher this, this mana. This is no seven way. mana. Like it's a lot of mana, and this is one of the ones where I do care about the cost, um, because the effect is just draw a card usually, or draw what? two cards. The rate the rate doesn't seem great for me, and on top of that, like I, it's not a good. It, it's still a good card. It's just not something I would include in every deck of mine. That's all. I still cool. think it's a fine card, but I just don't want it in every deck. Because if example, if I'm loaded on cat like counter spells, I'm not going to tap out for for this, right? So Krim, Krim doesn't want to tap out. I can, yeah. I can see why yeah, you would tap yeah, out on turn seven. Drago, because a Hellbreacher needs to be flashed in at the end, and then <laughs> or in front. Of yeah, exactly. Else but, you get. but also because Hellbreacher can be flashed in, I respect it as a magic card. So, <laughs> so, so the I'm, easiest way to get around that is just ban Hellbreacher in your middle. No, no, no. Hellbreacher is a needed effect. So 
cards like these oh, don't God. work. Oh, <laughs> I I think this is like maybe top two, top three overall of all the MDFCs. Like this is one of the ones that is in every deck. If I got blue mana, five color, one color, doesn't matter. Like this one, this one's in every deck. Five color even. I agree. I agree. It's I, this card is, draw on untapped land. It, it like, also it's fits exactly every what theme. I want, no matter what deck you're playing, you can play this without breaking your theme, right? Because it's card draw. If you just like soul ring and then turn five or six or something, this like you probably won the game if it didn't mm -hmm. get countered. And then you can play how you want to play. You can play your janky birds or whatever. Like you're not you're not skewing your game plan because of this either. So I actually really like this card too. Yeah. That a lot of them have like, okay, you need a bunch of creatures in your deck. Like Agadim's Awakening, good, but you need creatures. Or Malakir Rebirth, good, but you need creatures. This is just good. You got creatures, got no creatures. There's no restrictions on this one. I mean, I I agree. Uh, I will jam it into most decks. Maybe not all five color decks because it is triple blue. But set <laughs> the disapproving face. I, I saw you that. Drawing cards. I do. I do. But sometimes cards. it's hard to cast. This is what I'm trying to say. Triple blue is a little bit difficult. But like, then, then you play it as a land. You're yeah. Done. Like that's. The but then it's it, right? then it's a land that doesn't mana fix. So. It, I, I think there is a, a little bit of a cost to it. But, like, I think I've I ran Seagate Restoration in, like, 90% of my non-budget blue decks, and I've never been disappointed to see it. So that's how I, I view it as a solid S. All right, moving on. We got uh, a, a clone effect, Glass Pool Mimic. This is a three-mana shapeshifter rogue. You may have the mimic enter the battlefield as a copy of a creature you control, except it's a shapeshifter rogue in addition to its other types. Um, so, uh, looking at the score, we got Richard, Seth, and I all at A's, and predictably Krim is putting it as an, at, at an S. Uh, is there any specific reason, Krim, that uh, uh, you I, put it as an I, S? I love this card. I think it's such a good <laughs> effect for three-mana. I, that I don't, I don't think that it's a problem for me. And as I had mentioned, even my control decks play creatures. So, and and since once again lining up with the, it doesn't cause makes me like tap out. <laughs> it's cheap enough to where I, if I have a cheap creature or something like that, I flash in something at the end of your turn for three mana. I can easily just make another copy of it to ensure that I have redundancy. And so when you spot removal one, I get to have the other one. So, so it's just another Hall Breacher, is what you're saying. It, could be, it could be. All right, I play other creatures, all right? I play other creatures. Yeah, you can't sometimes. flash it in, right? Like a, no, you can't flash this in, yeah. but the thing is that it's three mana. That's yeah. really nice. I love that for like a clone effect, even if it's only my stuff. This is this is one of my favorites, but I do want a decent amount of creatures in my deck. Like This is great in all the Panharmonicon decks and so forth, but if I don't have, like, 20 creatures then i'm probably not considering this for my deck all right moving on we got uh, a spell this is a counter spell Ooh, this is jwari disruption this is a two mana one and a blue instant counter target spell unless its controller pays one so essentially this card is force spike that costs one additional mana to force spike um and we're looking at it we all gave it these i think i think this is pretty predictable uh, we barely run Force Spike in general, so a two mana Force Spike just 
is not an effect we generally speak. But I, I kind of want to play just once and get somebody with it because I think it would be funny. It's more of like that's, a meme. That's the upside. Thing, right? the, the funny thing is the that it's not a land, got right? you, you, but... you can't play it as a land if you're trying to get someone with it. Yeah. Yeah. Right? You have to and you're hold you're, up you're up waiting your land. for the perfect moment. And they're like, what are the odds that when they're actually trying to win, they don't have one additional mana, right? Like, you're not going to like on curve someone. The turn counter. you play this land is a turn that your opponents would have been got by the other side. It's like a fact. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving on. We got uh, a little bit of a combat trick for the next one. Uh, this is Bayin Bayin Bayin. Uh, Seth, can you help me out here? Bayin 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 This is a two mana instant, one in a blue. Creatures your opponents control get negative two, negative zero until end of turn. So basically, uh, it's a combat trick that can protect your creatures if they're be attacking into blockers. They can surprise save them. Or if an opponent is attacking you for like lethal or something like that with a go wide strategy, you could potentially live uh, off this effect. Um, but we all give it a D, and I think that's it's pretty pretty apparent that like this effect is just not that desirable. It's not that strong. If it was like a straight up fog, I think this would be a very different story. But negative two to a bunch of creatures does not even guarantee that it's going to have that much of an impact on the game. It's very, very narrow, I think. So I think we're just going to skip over to it and move to a more interesting one. All right, moving on. Saloon Division. This is a three-mana instant, two and a blue. You may look at the top six cards of your library. You may re reveal an instant or sorcery card from among them and put them into your hand. Uh, put the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. So this is kind of like a impulse for only instant spells or instant and sorcery spells. You can't grab anything you want, and it's three-mana. But you can look at the top six, so it digs pretty deep. Um, and we gave it all C's all around. And I think that's kind of fair, right? Like, if, if, I you're, if you're Spellslinger, spell yeah, if you're Spellslinger, it's fine. Otherwise, I think it's just not a card you would play. Yeah, I, I run in my Spellslinger deck, and it's never too exciting, but I'm, I'm glad that it's there. But yeah, it's basically Spellslinger or, or don't run it. All right. Next up, we got uh, uh, unexciting one, Umara Wizard. Five mana, Merfolk Wizard. When you cast an instant sorcerer or wizard spell, Umara Wizard gains flying until end of turn. And it's a 4-3. So 4-3 beater. None of us like it. It's a D. Uh, it's just not very exciting. It doesn't really do anything in any particular deck that's super exciting. Uh, so, well, that, that's basically it for uh, the blues. We're going to be moving on to the reds. And we're going to be starting with the Mythic of the Reds. This is Shatterskull Smashing. This is X and double red for a sorcery. Shatterskull Smashing deals X damage divided as you choose among up to two target creatures and or planeswalkers. If X is six or more, though, uh, Shatterskull Smashing deals twice X damage divided as you choose among them instead. And because it is a Mythic, it can enter the battlefield untapped if you pay three life. Richard, Krim, and I all gave it A. Seth, you gave it an S. So let's start with you, I, Seth. I will I will give you a, a little sneak peek into my rating system. If it is a mythic MDFC and it comes into play untapped, it is going to be an S every single time. Uh, and it's a removal spell. It's a land that come, can come into play untapped if you need it to. It's not a great removal spell, but this is what I have definitely seen cast on Commander Clash. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I saw Krim, like, take out multiple creatures with this. So we actually have, like, first-hand experience of it actually being good in practice, plus untapped land. So, I mean, uh, yeah. 
Uh, I, I really like this card. I play it in every, basically every deck that has red mana, more or less. It's good, but I wouldn't put it in a four or five color deck. Like anything that supports it, auto include. But even three is pushing it. Like two or one, definitely. But that that's to me the differentiation between S and A. Like I'm not gonna like add more red sources to my five C deck to like play Shatter Skull Smashing. Like don't care. I'm playing five too, colors. Right? I can wrap that's... the board in some other way if I really need to. Right. <laughs> That's that's fair. I, that is know. that is fair. I think five color is where it gets it gets sketchy for me at four or five colors, but still has a, sh- a chance of showing up. I think I think once it gets past two colors for me, because then you start getting into the colors that have better effects. So for for cheap, yeah, I, I'm, I'm totally attached to a land where it's like it costs a true. lot of mana to do the thing. It costs a lot of mana to do the thing. So if I'm in a color that does the thing that I want, which is blow up creatures for way more efficient costs. Then the fact that it's an untapped land uh, gets less valuable to me. I don't know personally, but I, I put it as an A. I really like it. I really like it in in a bunch of decks, but I won't put it as an auto include. All right, moving on. We got uh, oh, oof, I like this one a lot. Spoiler alert: Valakut Awakening. This is a three mana instant, uh, two and a red. Put any number of cards from your hand on the bottom of your library, then draw that many cards plus one. So instant speed, basically like a super cycling effect where you get to cycle up to your entire hand um, and draw a a brand new one. Um, So we uh, gave it mostly S's. Richard, Seth, and I gave it an S. And Krim, you gave it an A. Krim, why why do you hate this card? (laughs) I don't hate the card. Once again, it's just, I don't know. I don't, like, for here, this is a cheap spell that I like, but I don't put it in every deck. I, I I just I'm not high on card draw spells as as much as everyone else is. I just think the card is like oh it's pretty good. I, all right, I played here and there, but I think that's Krim. because I'm ready of my meta game, right? Like ah. that's what I was gonna say. Krim rates cards as if there is always a hull breacher on the battlefield. Hey, that's, Krim, that's Krim's rating system. <laughs> like, just assume there's a, a Narset effect. He on thinks the battlefield. everybody is <laughs> as degenerate as he is. That's what that's his rating skill. He assumes like I, we all run hull breacher on him too. I don't. I don't put myself in a situation to get blown out by hull bre- uh, breachers. You need to live a little, Krim. You need to live a little. Uh, I, I would play this without though, a backside. I'd play this as yeah, like the front side alone. This so card that's is why it's really good. This card is I've I've yeah. played it in every single red deck, even five color decks. I think this is my all time favorite MDFC. Um and I run it in five color decks because it's only one red. And and I've never been disappointed by it. I mean I've never been hull breachered by it, which is great, but I've never been disappointed by it. Like every single time, <laughs> like if I have a bad hand and I can cycle away. That it doesn't go to the graveyard, so it doesn't fill your graveyard. But even so, it's always just been such a, a game changer. And then worst case is just the, the land, you know. It being instant makes it very powerful. Like I still rate yeah. it highly. It's still an A. You right? play around so. Hull Breacher a little bit easier. With mm-hmm. it. I love instant. Yeah. <laughs> if you show me an instant, I, I, what if there's a Teferi on the battlefield, crew? Come on. <laughs> well, that's true. Ooh. That's true. <laughs> but worth it. I think <laughs> worth it. I. <laughs> I think this is alongside Seagate Restoration is like my my S plus tier. Like these are the the staples of staples that I will play in literally every single deck. Well, that's what an S is supposed to be. Mostly. Yeah, there, there's even variance yeah. within within the S tier. I would <laughs> okay, say. Okay, fair enough. We can have plus or minuses. This is, a, this is an arbitrary ranking system. We don't make the rules. 
Or we do make the rules. That's that's fair. We literally did make the rules, but we don't have to follow the our rules. The rules don't matter, right? The points don't matter. This is yeah, okay. All right, we're just moving on. All right, we got Song Mad Treachery. This is a five-mana sorcery, three in double red. Gain control of target creature until end of turn. Untap that creature. It gains haste until end of turn. So basically, this is Threaten, right? Uh, Threaten is a three-mana sorcery with the exact same effect. This is the exact same effect, but for five mana. Um, and we gave it... A, oh, some divergence here. Nobody gave the same score on this one. Richard and... Wait, I just lied. That I just didn't read all the names. Uh, Richard and, and and I all gave both gave it a C. Krim, you gave it a D, and Seth, you gave it a B. So I'm gonna start with uh, Krim. You really don't like this card. This card's <laughs> like pretty bad, right? Like it's like why do it's not real removal? <laughs> it's only a temporary thing. And and sure, I could put it like some kind of sacrifice deck, but I I'm not I'm not adding that. There's so many better effects for for. Like significantly less than five mana, and on top of that, isn't a tapped land. Like this is worse than a guild gate to me. Okay, harsh harsh words. (laughs) I like this card. So one of the things I like about MDFCs is because they come attached to a land. It's a way you can get an effect into your deck that you normally wouldn't be able to play. Like Mm -hmm. you can't just run a threat in in a random deck without having like a sacrifice plan or something but being able to like steal your opponent's bomb and smash them with it that is a powerful thing that can happen in the course of a game so i actually play this card probably more than i should play it honestly uh, for that reason alone like i think the upside is there and the downside is a tap land like sure whatever tap land i, I already play a lot of budget decks and a lot of tap land so whatever it's just another another tap land and when i yoink your commander and beat you to death with it i'm gonna be pretty happy that uh that i put it in my deck yeah fair enough i i personally will only write in a threat in deck all right moving on we got Spike Field Hazard. This is a one mana sorcery, just red. Uh, Spike Field Hazard deals one damage to any target. If a permanent dealt damage this way would die this turn, exile it instead. Um, yeah, that's these all around. Pretty expected. Uh, it doesn't really kill most things in the format. Um, yeah, that's that's it. <laughs> all there is to say there. So we'll move on. Uh, Kazul's Fury. Uh, this is basically a fling. This is a three mana instant. As an additional cost to cast a spell, sacrifice a creature. Kazul's Fury deals damage equal to the sacrifice creature's power to any target. So much like the Threaten card, uh, this is a fling card that costs one more mana instead. Um, so we gave it, uh, some different, uh, numbers. Krim, you gave it a C. Me and Seth, uh, me and Richard gave it a B. And Seth, you gave it an A. Uh, let's start with Krim. What, what, what do you think? about this card so i i actually this was graded it scales to the old scale because there i i assumed there would be an f rating (laughs) so uh, i thought this was actually just perfectly average and decent in some decks so i would actually bump this up to a b uh, according to this rating because it is still like playable and it being a fling is nice uh flings are always appreciated uh in in a specific style of deck so I, i i like it in a very much so a fling kind of deck. Other than that, though, I'm probably not playing it. All right. Seth, you like this card the most, it seems. So what what do you like about it? 
uh, it combos with my Sogmad treachery. The MFC combo. You're down two lands, Seth. I'm going to get them together. Two lands right now. You yoink. You yoink it, you smack Eight them, then you sack mana. it and damage them even more. But it's about really sending the, a message, right? <laughs> it, 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 it is. It is about sending a message. And also, it's kind of the same thing I said about Song Mad Treachery, really. Like, I don't know, games, someone gets down low on life. That happens many Commander games. This is a land that's like the burn spell that can close out the game. You throw a random creature at someone. One of those effects that you wouldn't play fling in most decks, but because it's attached to a land... I find myself playing this in a lot of like one, two uh, color red decks just, just for value and for fun. All right, moving on. Uh, we got a boring one Akum Warrior. It's a six mana Minotaur Warrior Trample, four or five. It sucks, so we're just going to move on <laughs> to the green. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> Take my word for it. It's, it's Yeah, yeah, very bad. <laughs> very bad. All right, we're moving on to the green section, and we're starting with the green Mythic. Turn Timbo's. One more time. Turn Timber Symbiosis. This is a seven mana sorcery, four and triple green. You may look at the top seven cards of your library. You may put a creature card among them onto the battlefield. If that creature has mana value three or less, it enters with three additional plus one plus one counters on it. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. So basically, pay seven mana, look, dig seven cards deep. Find a creature, put it onto the battlefield. If it's a small creature, you get some counters on it. If it's a big creature, I mean, you got a big creature. Yay. <laughs> um, and we got some differing opinions here as well. Uh, me and Richard were, again, in sync here uh, with the A's. Krim with your B. And Seth, you're an S. Um, we'll start with, with Krim again. Uh, <laughs> more conservative than I, I see. <laughs> this card, though an untapped land... Because even, let's say this is, I think this is good in a specific deck, just like how Collected Company requires you to have a, a nice amount of creatures. And I don't want to hit like a land or elf off this, right? So feels kind of bad uh, in a, like a control deck. I can't just play it there, even if I do have creatures, because the number of them are low. So uh, this this is just okay to me. In a, in a specific deck, this is very good. But then most of the stuff that I'm playing, I want to get my cast triggers in green. So, or, or, and, like, I, I guess I don't mind. Like, I want to hit Eldrazi with this kind of stuff. So, but I have to get lucky and hit an Eldrazi. So, this is just okay. It doesn't hit Planeswalkers. I think that that's also a big thing, too. So, it's <laughs> very, true. it's very much so not in a deck you would see me play. Not for a forest. I'm actually also downgrading my own ranking to be when I was thinking about it a little bit more. I don't actually put Turn Timber Ranger in most of my, or Turn Timber Symbiosis in most of my decks. I feel like it's a late game card, but like, There's I don't know. Late game cards. If you're if you're casting it, I feel like you're so far behind. Seven mana for this effect, and then you can hit like just like a bad creature off it. Yeah, in commander where there's <laughs> so many cards, so, I think it's like really good <laughs> but, with top deck as a land. I don't know, right? but yeah, <laughs> like, but it's not but, a forest. Would you rather chop deck a forest or turn timber symbiosis? Exactly, exactly. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. It's a B plus. It's an A. Maybe I don't know. Richard, what do you think? You're you're higher. I I think it's good. Okay. I I think so. I agree with you that you might cut it because green has so many good tutors, right? If you think of it as a spell, but if you keep thinking of it as a land, right? Now you can have Court of Calling, Green Sun Zenith. But it's not not devastation. It's not. That's one less mana you're making with Nissa. Remember I told you how it's sometimes hard to get enough forest in a mono green deck? This is one of the reasons why. I think it's worth cutting a forest so that 
you could just play a random dirtily green card off the top seven. Yeah, but if you're playing Band Commander, this is not feeding Rufellos. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Seth, like, you I, love this I, I, I swear it will happen right. where you will cast like Sky Shroud Claim and not have any force to fetch it on a green deck. It will happen <laughs> because there's so many good cards. I think it's totally worth. And mm-hmm. there's not that many Forest Matters cards. Uh, so I, I think it actually is worth. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I think this it. one is <laughs> this one's this one's kind of between A and S for me. It, it, it is out of like the untapped ones. I would say this might be my least favorite of the untapped uh, MDFCs, or like second to least favorite, maybe. Uh, but it still comes into play tapped. It's green. Green decks, what do they have? A lot of creatures. So uh, sure, there are scenarios you can construct where it's like, oh, I'm mono green control or something, and this will be bad. But I think in your typical green deck, even a multicolored green deck, when you compare this to top decking a swamp when you're empty-handed in the late game, this wins out by a lot. And even if you hit a little creature, it gives you that bonus of pumping it. So I really like this one as well. All right, all right. Well, moving on, we got uh, a big old creature to talk about. This is Kazandu Mammoth. This is a three-mana elephant creature, 3-3, three, three, one in double green with a landfall ability. Uh, whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, Kazandu Mammoth gets plus two, plus two until end of turn. So it's a 3-3 three, three for three, which is, you know, okay stats for limited. And uh, whenever a land enters the battlefield, like, it can get kind of big, especially if you get multiple lands uh, each turn. Um, so, uh, a bunch of us gave it C's. Richard, Krim, and I all gave it C. Uh, Seth, though, you gave it a B. So, we'll start with you, Seth. Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> I think our B, according to our criteria, only yeah. good in certain decks. Uh, this is not something I would play in every deck, but I do think if you're playing, uh, landfall-style strategies, or you're playing, like, Tetyova, other decks that are, like, build around that, this is one of the MDFC creatures that is actually not a joke. We've talked about a lot of them and just ranked them all Ds across the board because they're so overcosted and underpowered. A 3-3 three, three for 3 isn't exciting, but it's not horrible. And then one land drop makes it a 5-5 five, five, and multiple land drops, and you have a huge creature that it can actually do damage. So don't play it in every deck, but if you're playing a deck that's making a lot of extra land drops and has those synergies, then I think it's kind of an auto-include in those archetypes. I would say in landfall, you would probably not even play this, <laughs> right? Like, Really? It gets chumped. It doesn't have trample. Like, if you think about landfall decks, what are they doing? They're making, like, giant creatures with Omnath and Titanias. They're drawing cards. They're, they're doing all kinds of shenanigans such that a three-mana 5-5 five, five is not really where you want to be. Like, on turn three, you want to be ramping, right? But, I mean, I guess you could play it. it it actually hits landfall itself, right? It's a creature that creates landfall if you need it. So it's not bad. But I, I, I say C because you, when you actually cast this face up, you're like, eh, something went wrong. I don't really want to be doing this, but it's better than nothing, right? Yeah. Land, uh, landfall decks also want more lands than most decks. So th- yeah. I think cards like this is an easy way. We've seen it in standard where you have like the gross spiral decks need to go up to like 29, 30 lands, which was unheard of a few years ago. So this is a way you can get your landfall deck up near 50 lands, which but, is probably the optimal way to build it. But people just don't. Landfall decks do are, that the land, are the decks that run out of lands to fetch. You you could actually run out of forest trying to fetch forest. In which case, this because ca- I do mammoth is going to make you really sad. Well, too. I would I would count That's this as a non lands. Well, I mean, it is a land slot, but like once you're going over like forty lands in your deck, you you can get prone to land flooding. And I do appreciate 
Kazandu Mammoth in like, you know, the the final land slot. I need to hit like a stupid amount of lands in my landfall deck. The final land slot is Kazandu Mammoth. I almost would never be happy casting this, but there will be situations where like, I just don't need another land in my hand. I have enough, more than enough lands in hand or on the battlefield or whatever. And then fine, I'll, I'll play a 3-3 three, three that can hit as a 5-5 five, five or a 7-7 seven, seven or whatever. And it'll be fine. It doesn't have trample. It's not very exciting or anything, but it, it's like that late game pressure that you're kind of happy to see at some point. And maybe like it's on the land, on the battlefield and then you bounce it back to your hand and you cast it. I, I would wouldn't, not be Wouldn't excited. you rather just play a fetch land though? That's like two landfall triggers rather than a creature or a land. I feel like, I feel like both, like I personally have not played it in any of my landfall decks, but I kind of forgot it existed. So I'm going to give it another shot, but like, it's still a, it's still like a C for me. I wouldn't be happy casting it, but it's nice I, that I it's feel like there, commander players, commander players don't play enough lands. I think uh, we should do an entire <laughs> podcast on how many That's lands you should topic, play. Yeah. way higher <laughs> than, than people actually play, especially in landfall decks. And, this is probably the best MDFC to uh, Kazul's Fury at your opponent's face. So you got to have those synergies, those <laughs> yeah, MF- true. MDFC <laughs> combos. You make some that lands, you scape shift, you Kazul's Fury, you win the game. Broke it. <laughs> Busted. All right, uh, we'll move on uh, to this is a this is a, a strange one that we we have discourse <laughs> on. A vast with fortification. This is an instant, green instant, will cost one green. I like to put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature. That's it. That's all. That's it's very simple. Richard, um, you know this isn't the fight spell, right? Because I can yeah, use yeah, for I, the fight spell, and then I had it. <laughs> I was a little confused because, yeah, Seth, Krim, and I all gave it an easy D, and I thought we were going to skip over very quickly. But, Richard, you actually like it a little bit more than us. You gave it a okay. C. I want to First of all, it's bit. one grade higher. It's not the end of the world. But second of all, if you care about plus one, plus one counters, this could be useful, right? This could be another really? card draw, right? Yeah, I it could be plus three, plus three. I would not. Yeah, <laughs> I, would I not played play a lot. Plus one, I would not spend an entire card <laughs> to put a single plus one plus one counter. Okay, on Richard, I, I mean, would it's, like it's a forest over this. I would like a forest over this. <laughs> it, it is questionable. I mean, it's close, but fine. Whatever. I don't care. I'm not going to fight you guys on this. You shine, win. Shine. <laughs> peer the, pressure. Uh, shine. I, I will tell you that I, no had, one cares. I had that mistaken for the, the fight spell. So I marked this that. This is not I a hill I'm willing to die on. You can have your victory with Vastwood Fortification. I'm saving it for the next battle. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I see I see somebody medal off the next one. Um, all right. Moving on. Uh, oh, this is going to be a fight. This is going to be a fight, yes. Uh, t- this is Tangled Florahedron, <laughs> which uh, has a lot of controversy surrounding it. This is a two-mana, one-one elemental that can tap for one green. So it's a mana dork. It's a land... It's bad at both. It's Tangle Forehedron, everyone. And uh, obviously, this is one of the reasons why we wanted to talk. Who keeps changing the thing? Uh, we also, we wanted to talk about MDSCs in general because of this card as one of the main reasons because we had a fight about this. Um, Richard and Seth gave, uh, gave it an S. I gave it a C, but somebody keeps changing the sheet. To make it an S, it's a C. It's going to show up as a C in the video because I'm making it. You can't change that. I, I see you changing it right now in real time. It's a C. And I kind of want to spite make it a D just to really, really hone it in there. All right. Let's talk about Seth and Richard. Sell me on this tangled florahedron nonsense. Stop giving it an S once. 
All right, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it because Seth likes all MDFCs, so his argument's <laughs> right. a bit worse, right? Get a, get, yes, but uh, to me, you can argue for our team. This is top two. This is <laughs> actually like double S tier or S plus tier to me. No way. <laughs> the front side is two mana ramp. That's on curve. Yes, you can play one mana mana dorks, but there's only so many of them, right? So the front side is just straight up rampant growth, and don't tell me you don't need another rampant growth. Yes, it dies to Doomblade, but it is rampant growth. And then if you nice already have a rampant, a rampant growth, then you can just put this as a land, right? So I don't know why you guys are rating it so low. It's basically rampant growth with upside. It's like saying you're not going to Green Sun Zenith a Dryad Armor because it dies to GTA. Like, sure, right? But you're still going to make that play every single time you have the opportunity. You will play your two-mana ramp uh, if you can, right? And if you have Nature's Lore or whatever, then play this as an actual land. It's fine. Otherwise, two-mana ramp. Okay. Every deck. 5C included. <laughs> Every deck. 5C? <laughs> what? All right, what's all right. Seth, what's I, Seth revealed this week? Like, this is going in every single there's deck. There's a line that is being crossed. First of all, remember what we were talking about charms? How, like, uh, you were saying, like, oh, well, you know, they have some bad effects, but, you know, you have them all together on the same card. And my argument has always been, if you take a bunch of bad effects and for a high cost and you put them all together, the flexibility doesn't make it suddenly a good card. And this is a, my prime example of it. This is Wait, you really either rated it as an S plus though. No, no, Crim, no. <laughs> Have you never played a two mana mana dork that taps for one mana? Yeah, but if one mana of any color. If it was one mana of any color, then I'd be like, oh, this is kind of interesting. It's mana fixing. This one is a Llanowar elf that costs double, so it's a turn two Llanowar elf instead of a turn one, or it's a bad forest that enters the battlefield tapped and doesn't have the basic lane type. So it's bad. I I don't like it. I I will run it in some decks, maybe, maybe some decks. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, Hedron deck. Like what deck would you run it in if you think? It's There's bad. a hypothetical out there that I don't know needs needs a certain amount of creatures. You like know? a deck that needs rapid growth because you've already exhausted like the one Fenhorn okay, elves here, and one Lawnmower elves you can play. Here's right? one. Uh, here's two actually. Nikia of the old ways, which doesn't allow you to cast non-creature spells, and Gru uh, what's the uh, Rurik Thar. <laughs> Rurik Thar does not want you to cast Rampant Growth when he's on the battlefield, right? So boom. Belcher decks. decks. Seth is dead. <laughs> Seth, Seth, what, do you, what do you think? I don't understand how you can't see how good this card is. It really blows my mind. We talk all the time about how Ramping's like the best thing you can do yep. in Commander. Ramping and drawing cards. This is a land that can ramp you when you need it to. I mean, it's close enough. Like you said, double the mana. And technically it is. But two mana mana dorks are, like, not unplayable in Commander. There's two mana mana dorks that people play. Like, is it really? Like, how is it that different than a Mindstone or something like that? Except it comes attached to a like, land. How about Myriad Landscape? It's the same deal, right? There's some downside to it. It's colorless, but it ramps you off of your land, right? How? It's more resilient because it's lands, right? But Yeah, it's, it's more resilient. That's a big thing. It's look. Would you play? Would you play a mana rock? What if someone vandal blasts? Right? <laughs> you what know, would you play Forhydrin? Someone wrath of gods? Right? Like, yeah, it's it's vulnerable. It's not as good as a straight up land, but you ramped, right? I I think this is just a two mana one one that doesn't really do much. Like, I don't even. Yeah, care. Grim, I don't even... Grim also gave a C. All right, yeah, I'm he not doesn't the only green. He doesn't even count. Yeah. <laughs> what if, what if, hey, yeah. I played a lot like of green blue. this season. I, I think... played a lot of green this season. I think he just he just ranks down every single green card as low as possible out of spite. What? No, 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 no. But yeah, like this this card is so 
medium. I, I don't know. I, I don't think it's like over the top good or S tier. It's just like, wow. I guess both are both sides are very medium. <laughs> All right. I guess we're we're at an impasse here. Impasse. So I don't even know. It's it is so good. I, 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 like you, the, the only uh, the only one challenging it is Undo Inversion, which Tomer also rates really low. But like those are the top not, two for Undo me. Undo Inversion is leagues better than this card. All right. Oof. All right. I I would not agree with that. I think they're in the same category. It's like of... it's like what's better, rampant growth or austere command? It's kind of hard to compare the two, <laughs> right? They're both really good, but they do different things. Oh man. Oh, we'll, we'll get to Undo Inversion. We, we're saving the best for last. We're going to move on for the sake of time, though. Uh, and I should see what we're talking about. Okay, here we go. Uh, we're going to move on to what are the what are the darlings, MDFC darlings, probably the most played one of of the set. Uh, this is a Balaged Recovery. This is a three-mana sorcery, uh, two and a green. Return target, return target, uh, one more time. Return target card from your graveyard to your hand. So this is basically you take regrowth, you add one additional mana to the cost, and boom, you have Balaged Recovery. A lot of people love this. Like the community in general, just is 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 uh, loves this card, and I think most of us do here too. Uh, we got three S's: Richard, Seth, and Krim. I'm the only one who changed it up a little bit with an A. Yep, an A, which means I love it. It's not in every deck. Why? It's, why would you not yeah. play it? I'm. I'm it's like only genuinely one green. One green like, when would you not, not like play it? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, and 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 it, it doesn't matter what deck you're playing because you want a card back at some point. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not as high on it as you, as you guys. Like sometimes, <laughs> but, just what? wanted to be unique. No. <laughs> didn't want to. No. You didn't want one agreement on a well, quad all, S it's card. It's out of my budget range. Sometimes it's like a three dollar card. Uh, it's so it's good that the whole community more, has more like, banded together. Sometimes I just don't want to run a regrow. Sometimes I want to like get all the, the cards from my graveyard back to my hand in one go. And Balaget Recovery doesn't really fit that all the time. I think it's a really good card. I'll run it a bunch of times. Uh, most decks? I said most decks? I'm really... A. I gave it an A. I'm very happy to cast this in most decks. Not all decks, though. It's not my favorite one. And I'm not going to put it in the same category as Seagate Restoration or, like, Malachi Rebirth. That's all. How's Malachi Re a, Rebirth better just than not Malachi conditional? Rebirth. Yeah, that one's no, conditional that you have a commander no, that, no, like, you need to save, no, this, right? This is, like, what? you want cards. And you you want a card. Would you like to draw a card of your choice from your graveyard? <laughs> Look, it's a high what A. What you give Eternal not, Witness? It's, it's a high A, but it's not in the same category as Valakut Awakening and the other S's that I gave. Is Eternal Witness like a B to you? Like, where, where would it? Like, do you just don't like the fact of getting your best card back from your graveyard? I don't. Well, I, think, I think Eternal Witness is also overplayed too, but that's a different topic. He's been so. That card too is many very times. good, Tomer. It's, it's very good, but if if you don't have any creature synergies in your deck, then it's a worse regrowth, and you can't change my mind. You can play both cards, Tomer. You can play regrowth and Eternal Witness. I know, but Witness. there's a lot of a lot of people play just Eternal Witness and not regrowth. And they have you know zero... why it's better though? Why? You can tutor up Eternal Witness. You yeah, can use some Zenith Court of Calling. If you don't have you any can't creature, do that with the if you don't have any creature synergies, like you have no blink effects, no bounce effects, no ways of tutoring up specifically creatures or reanimating creatures, why are you running Eternal Witness over regrowth? I'm, I'm just saying you're green. You're running green sun zenith, court of calling, and finale right, devastation. Auto-include. Okay. Right? We're talking MDFCs. <laughs> we're moving on. We're moving on. We're staying on track, Richard. We gotta stay on track. All right, all right, all right. Bye, 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 bye. <laughs> Colony, Colony ambush. Let's go. <laughs> Colony ambush. 
<laughs> this is a three mana incense, two and a green target creature. You- two mana? Two mana. It's two three, mana. Three, three mana. mana. Is that okay? Yeah. That's worse than I thought. What? Hang how, on, changing my grade. How dare you? How dare you? It's a three it mana. Two, two mana instant would be the correct rate, right? Three. One mana, one mana fights no, your sorceries. No, it's, it's actually... Okay, we'll, we'll explain. Let me read the card first. And I'll, okay, I'll okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Colony Ambush is a three mana instant, two and a green. Target creature you control fights target creature you don't control. Now, what is this card based off? It's not ca- based on Prey Upon, because Prey Upon is a green, one green sorcery. It's based on Pounce, which is a two mana instant. So the main difference here is instead of yep. Prey Upon, it's instant, and it's based on Pounce instead of Prey Upon. That, that, that's so it's one thing. mana off rate, right? It's, it's three versus two, right? Yeah, which is like, yeah. like Battle Get Recover is, is three versus two as well. Um, yeah. But Valkyrie Awakening is really good. Valkyrie <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it was like somehow like appropriately costly. I don't even I don't even know what it's based on, but whatever yeah. it is, it's fantastic. Anyway, uh, so we have some diverging opinions here. Richard and Krim, you gave it a B, and Seth and I actually agreed for the first time ever. First time ever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a. For the first Are time in really? many cards. Wow. Many We've moons talked- ago, uh, we both think it's an A. Um, so Seth and, and I are right, but Richard and Krim, why are you wrong? <laughs> Dude, this card is, it, it's okay, I guess. I mean, like, I, I don't hate it. Like, I think it's cool in, like, a, a stompy deck or whatever, but I, like, I'm not, I'm not playing this in every deck. I thought you yeah, it's so creatures. conditional. It's, yeah. it's A, one for one, which we already established is bad, but B, you need yeah. to have something that fights and wins. Exactly. Right? Right? Like, that, that is a hard, that is a hard thing. It's a one-for-one one that requires you to have a creature. If it were a one-for-one one like like Hagra Mauling, where I just kill it automatically, that's great. This is like I also have to have a creature, and the creature has to be better than the biggest threat. Yeah, you, you need to win. And a lot of times, like, can you fight a Golos with this? With how many creatures can win, right? Like, you know, you have to be playing green. really big, green. You green have big creatures. That's and whole they survive. Thing. You get to untap and do whatever you want with your big green creatures all the time. Like, <laughs> why do you like this? I'm- uh, I mean, it's a it's a way to get some extra removal in your deck for free, essentially. Like it's a, it's a removal spell that comes attached to a land, so it's taking up half of a land slot. So, and you're a green deck, so you're likely are gonna have big creatures. Of course, if you somehow don't have creatures or don't have break creatures or your mono green tokens or something, then it's gonna go down in value. But I think the typical green deck, it, I play it in my typical green decks. So just the average green deck, this is gonna gonna find its way into my deck. I put it in all my green decks. Basically, like mono uh, green, mono green, and basically any any green deck that doesn't have better access to removal colors, kind of like Hagramalling. Remember, uh, Hagramalling. I also gave it an A. I'm not gonna run it in every single black based deck, but I'm gonna run it in most. This yeah. is this is worse than Hagramalling though. This they is... can bounce. It is. They they can do all it kinds of worse. things, right? You you need to have a creature. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like there You're are a lot of things that that's, can go yeah, that's wrong. That's the issue. And it's instant speed, and it costs three. Hagrid Mauling is usually going to be costing four. But you don't need anything. I'm just always going to be able yeah. to kill it. Well, that's <laughs> why I rate it. Why why I rate it equally? I, I think Hagrid Mauling is is better, but it costs more mana, right? And then calling ambush costs three mana. But it, and, but there's more hoops for three mana, right? Yeah, like, but. You're a green deck. You but have green. Creatures. Like green always has hoops. Usually has hoops to kill stuff. <laughs> Traditionally, I run in nineteen. I, I run in all my green decks that aren't don't have access to like white or black. Essentially, if it's like a gruel deck, simic deck, or mono green, I'm it's always in there. 
Anyway. Yeah. A's and B's. I mean, it's not even that far of a, a rating thing. It's not like we're fundamentally disagreeing that's a bad card. This next card, though. This next Ooh. card, though. <laughs> this next card, though, has uh, some spice to it. Uh, we're going over to white. We finish up with green, and we're going to start with white. The final section, friends. And it is going to be... Wait, I'm trying to find it. There it is. I found it. It's a Mary's Call. Uh, this is a seven mana white sorcery that says create two four four white angel warrior creature tokens with flying non angel creatures you control gain indestructible until your next turn. So you get two tokens, four four flyers, nice, and uh, your non angel creatures, not those tokens that you just made, the other ones that aren't angels uh, are indestructible for a full, full turn cycle, so they're wrath proofed and whatnot. Um, so I gave, uh, Seth gave it an S, Krim and Richard, you gave it a B, I gave it a C. So we're going to start with, with Seth as always, uh, S versus C, let's, let's hear it. So, so, so I don't understand why you wouldn't play this card in every deck. Uh, like it makes two creatures. That's something that is good. If you're control, it's good. If you're a creature deck, it comes into play on tap. So the opportunity cost is really low. Yeah, I guess maybe it's like a low S in the sense that maybe not every five color deck would play it. But I think I would play this in every mono two color deck, most three color decks, and even a lot of four color decks. Because sure, it's not like super efficiently costed, but compared to the alternative of drawing a planes, it's way better than that. So I don't know. It's, it's the opportunity cost argument and the fact that creatures are good in essentially every deck. You're never going to be upset to have two four four flyers hanging around. Fair, fair, fair. For that cost, I am. <laughs> like, really? I mean, would you want us, I mean, it's better than doing nothing. But right. I, I would argue that it's not better than doing nothing because I, I didn't come planes. to play two four four white angel warriors. Like, un unlike Seagate Restoration, I can draw into more birds or whatever or more Kithkin and do my thing. This is just making f two four four angels off theme. Doesn't further my game plan. Not exciting. Not even a good effect. Who's going to wrath into this? It does nothing, right? So that's why I don't like this card. It's it's okay, but it doesn't further whatever you're trying to do with your deck. It's just like a random card. Like if you build a sweet panharmonicon deck and then you win with two white angel warriors, like are you satisfied? Are you okay with this? Like why even bother paying three life for this land in 99% of games and then for that 1% chance of winning the way you didn't want to win? So well, I mean, I, like I, a proliferate I like or not proliferate, populate deck might yeah, want. Yeah, so like yeah. in those decks, right? Which is why I rate it good in specific uh, decks. In yeah. specific decks, right? If you want angels, or you're building a warrior deck, or I have you a, have tokens. I have like my Ineos deck, right? So like a blue white flyers deck. So I'd want this. So it's it's weird to me that it doesn't protect angels though. Like you would think this card is like a slam dunk in an angel tribal deck, but the fact that it doesn't help angels means like. <laughs> The, the target demographic that wants this the, card. The angels are coming down to save whatever creatures you have, right? That's that's the flavor. Yeah, I, I get the flavor, but like, don't do you not want like who who's playing Amaria Shepherd or Amaria's Call is a thing. <laughs> yeah, has no think, other creatures. I mean, I'm sorry. I think, I I think the concern it was gonna maybe be too good if the angels were indestructible, yeah. possibly. But I mean, standard. Like back to Richard's point, though, like. 
do you feel bad if you have a Castle Ardenvale and you're not playing like soldiers or whatever? It's a land that just happens to make creatures. Castle Ardenvale like, happens every it, turn. Though. But, but you, you typically really don't like use it to a, win, though. You use it to stay alive, on? right? Like, yeah. <clears throat> That's what the angels uh, do, too, though. Plus, plus I mean, Castle Ardenvale pairs quite nicely with Divine Visitation. This just literally does nothing. It's a like, cool. <laughs> I've seen I've seen a Marius call be cast twice. And I don't know how many Commander games I've played since it's been released. Both times it was very lackluster. I mean, having two four forts on the battlefield is a little bit scary late game. Where like if you're at like twenty or so life, then you know you're getting chunked in the air, four damage, or eight damage each turn is pretty darn good, I guess. They don't even have vigilance though. I, I just I just always look at it compared to drawing like a basic of the same color out of my that, deck and how much more I would rather have this and I feel like I would much rather have two four four angels than my eighth land drop or whatever. That's <laughs> like for, just for wait no till reason. you need a Maria Sky Ruin. That's that's exactly why I don't like it in white. That's why I rated it C. Is because much like black, I actually consider basic planes being very important. For, for white strategies, Amaria the Sky Rune is way better of a card uh, than Amaria's Call. And not being a Plains actually hurts it if you're counting it as a Lancelot. Uh, Amaria's Shepherd is a card that I love running a bunch of times too. And not being a Plains again means it goes to my hand instead of uh, to the battlefield. So I feel like I feel like in mono white, especially like I have a mono white deck, I'm running like extra plater lens, I'm running Gauntlet of Power, I'm running Cage Sun, I'm running, you know, all these things to care about basic Plains. And Amiri's call just doesn't function with them. So yeah, just white, like, white cares yeah. more about the planes, I think, than all the other colors to me. So I it's like, yeah, I I don't want to I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but you got it rated the same as McKinney Stampede. So <laughs> <laughs> you can you can make that's, an exception to your plane oh, rules well, well, yeah, and play McKinney Stampede. Stampede. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, McKinney Stampede is sick. <laughs> all right, all right. Let, let's, let's jump to McKinney Stampede then, all right? Let's talk about McKinney Stampede. Okay. Yo, right. this card is sweet. It's a limited all-star, honestly. Like, this is it insane. gives plus two to plus two to your team. That is yeah. the same card, right? Okay, all right. Yeah. Five mana, sorcery, three, and double white. This powerhouse of a sorcery gives all creatures you control plus two, plus two. Not plus one, plus one, plus two, plus two until end of turn. Mm-hmm. That that Insane matters. Me. That that actually that is a team like pump effect right yeah. there. I I will play trumpet blast. All right, and, and this is better than a trumpet blast. Seth and I we actually agreed on this one. We gave it a C. Uh, but Richard and Krim, you're very high on it. I rated me. it. Is this the first time like someone's rated something higher than Seth? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I guess so. Yeah, yeah, it, so. Might, it might be. It's both you and I. Like I think this is great in aggressive strategies. This is just yeah. better Go than. Wide. Yeah. Yeah, the go wide strategy. I, like this card is sweet. It's plus two plus. It's, it, an it's a land for your go wide strategies, and it's yeah. good in that and garbage in every other deck, right? But if you try to go wide, it's not bad. Yeah, I feel like there's so much I'm, better finishers mm-hmm. for go wide than a plus but this, two plus. But this two. is but a it's land. a land. This is a land. <laughs> oh, but it's a land. Uh, but but it but it's not a plains. <laughs> I know yeah. that's go why wide, I don't like it. Go wide it. is probably not caring of caring about like a Maria Shepherd. And stuff yeah, like exactly. That, right? that that's the difference. Like in my tokens I, deck, I, I love this. In every like my not a birds deck, but my flyers deck, I love this. There, there's just so many things that uh, like a go wide deck can do with this, or have it be a land. 
I'd play it in tokens. I wouldn't just, this is one that I almost never play, but I have always thought in the back of my mind, if I like play a dedicated token deck, I would probably run it. But even in just like a white deck that has a reasonable number of creatures and is attacking, the effect just does not appeal to me for its cost. This is shocking to me. Yeah. This will play this card. <laughs> It has to, it has to attack. It ends the game. I don't really attack. It's I'm not set. So, uh, if, it, if, if it's cried two or something, yeah. you would totally play. If it's it, a draw card, yeah. You, you oh would, yeah. You would definitely. Yeah. Okay. This card. If, if if the plus two plus two effect was just literally just pay five mana, sorcerer speed draw cards, that would be. Seth would play. Uh, I mean, that'd be a staple every deck. S S S S S. All the S's. Yeah. Let's go wide Double only, S and then rank. even then. <laughs> All right, we're going. We're going to move on. Uh, we're gonna. We're gonna. We're gonna. Just, I'm just gonna say Skyclave Relic. This is another card Cler- that we can cleric. quickly cleric. Whatever. Oh, cleric. Bad. Yeah, actually, yeah. That does. That does matter. <laughs> okay, Skyclave Rel- Relic is a good card. Really Skyclave matter. Cleric. This is a two mana core cleric. One three. When it enters the battlefield, you gain two life. It's trash. Uh, we all gave it D's for trash. Uh, don't play even in a cleric deck. Even in a core deck. You got better options, um, so it's bad. Uh, so we'll move on to. Are we gonna leave? I'm gonna leave uh, the yeah. you know the card for last. Uh, so we're gonna move on to uh, Kabira Takedown. This is a do do do. I know this card. I play this a lot. This is you a, rank it so highly. You don't really remember the CMC. All right, all right. I multitasking. All right, all right. So we got the Kabira Takedown. This is a two mana instant. Kabira Takedown deals damage equal to the number of creatures you control to target creature or planeswalker. So instant speed, two mana, deal damage in white. Ooh la la. Equals the number of creatures. So it's a instant speed removal in white, MDFC. Uh, Richard, Seth, and Krim, you're all in agreement that it's a B, and I gave it an A. Then to done. I guess uh, I have I mean, to defend myself, I guess. Yeah. There's no way you any really deck that a. runs a bunch of creatures in white. I'm super happy in running it. Like it's insane. In a like, specific deck, it is pretty yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. But like, I most of my white decks have a bunch of creatures in it. Especially if it's a go if it's a go wide deck, it's like an obviously an auto include. But any like white deck that just has a bunch of random creatures on it, which is like 90 percent of the white decks I make. You know, if I have like four creatures on it, I can kill. A four toughness creature at instant speed for two mana, and it's a or planeswalker, or which is I, nice. I guess. I guess <laughs> if I'm versus Krim, then uh, very specifically, it's, that's more it's relevant. Nice. It's it nice. is nice. No, I I actually agree. I don't usually run up against planeswalkers, but I, I mean, if if I was against like an Ugin or whatever, this would for loyalty, I would, would snipe it a little bit, uh, assuming my creatures are alive by that point. But um, you would pick it off, yeah, and then you would but, cast McKindy Stampede. I, I, I can see why you, why uh, the others you rate it all as bees. You, you like it a little bit less than me. I get, I get it. I get it. The, for me, the reason why I like it a little bit less than you do is just because it requires me to have a decent amount of creatures, right? Don't some planeswalkers make creatures though? Like sure, sure. <laughs> but but like one it, creature in, a turn. <laughs> this this is great in a go wide strategy where I like a token deck where I can just start like pooping out creatures all day long. But 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 the issue this is kind of like going back to the fight spell, except the fight spell is much worse than this. But yeah. Because, like, the type of deck this can go in, it is quite often you'll have a lot of creatures. Or at least enough to do something. 
this one I used to rank higher, but I, now that I've actually played with it a bunch and had it not work out the way that I would like to have it work out several times because, like, one of your creatures <laughs> dies in response or something. Oh, that, uh, I, I, I still play it often, but I'm not as high on it as I used to be because I feel like it's actually, unlike some of the other removal spells, it is a risky removal spell that does take a lot of setup to actually get right, isn't very good in the early game, so it's not bad, but not as good as I was thinking it was when it was first printed. Yeah, I, I'm close to C on this. Like, yeah. you can't kill big things. It's really difficult. Uh, so maybe you can snipe a hull breacher, maybe, but you have, like, three creatures on board. That's only plausible in, like... A token strategy like if you have three normal creatures like you're probably really far ahead somehow you didn't get wrath yet uh like good luck killing like a titan or something with this right it's like very difficult so it's conditional and then it's one for one removal on top of that which i already don't you like, don't like my, 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 my. that's a yeah, different so it's, it's like super <laughs> conditional and then i need my planes for you know my other effects and stuff like that so so it's okay. It's good for go wide, but I wouldn't put it in just generic white decks. Yeah. I mean, I definitely count this as a spell. Like when I'm counting target removal in my deck, I count this as target removal instead of like a, a land. Wouldn't you just play like generous gift or something? Like yeah, but this is isn't there better removal if you're swords, counting as yeah, removal? Like path, like so anything. many white removal spells. <laughs> I, may, I first of all, I build budget decks, so come on now. But second of all, okay. like I will run swords of plowshares. I will run generous gift, but I still want like eight target removal spells. Not necessarily a targeted creature removal spells, mind you, but I don't know. I, 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 I've run it in a lot of decks, and I'm usually really happy to see it. Obviously, you know, it won't work in all decks, and sometimes you'll be in a spot where you can't kill the thing you want, but two-mana instant, I don't know. I like it. All right, we'll move on to another card that I seem to like more than others. Uh, this is... Sajiri Shelter. This is a two-mana instant. Target creature you control gains protection from the color of your choice until end of turn. Krim and, and Richard, you gave it a B. Seth and I gave it an A. Uh, so, Krim, you don't you're, you're, you think God's Willing is better? In the, yeah, I mean, well, this, this card is it's good in the right kind of deck, like a feather deck or something like that, but I'm not going to put this in every deck. Once again, this is a little bit like the McKindy spell up top or whatever, the, the, the black, black spell. <laughs> Yeah. <clears throat> like I think this is really good if I have a commander um, and and like that I really want to protect. So if I'm all into that, or like a Boros deck that relies on equipping its commander and all of that, so you know you could protect it that way. But other than that, I'm not putting it in every deck. It's still a good card. I'm just not putting it in every deck. I agree with Grim. I, I probably wouldn't even put it in the car- the decks that need it because that that one extra mana from God's Willing is actually important. It means you got to play your important creature with two mana to spare. Which is actually quite difficult, right? Like having one extra mana is already difficult enough. Like having two is a is a big deal. And then plus this effect isn't universal. So like only for decks where you really need your commander or targeting has a purpose. I think it's a good card, but I wouldn't just slam it in a generic deck. I like it more than Malachi Rebirth just because I feel like white decks have commanders and cards that... I need to protect more than black decks do. And also white is so bad compared to black that I need every little bit of value I can get out of my mono white deck. So while black is like, my stuff dies, I'll just draw more cards. So white is like, my thing dies, my game is over. <laughs> okay, I don't, I, I mean, I agree with Seth on the rating. I don't agree with him on the the reasoning. I really like Malakir Rebirth. I put Malakir Rebirth as an S because it doesn't cost any extra mana for its effect. And it also protects you from board wipes. So indirect removal uh, still protects your creature as long as it's not an exile effect or a tuck effect. 
Um, so Jerry's Shelter is only protection against target removal. So it's significantly worse in that regard. It costs more mana, two instead of one, which I agree with Richard makes it worse. Um, but I do like that it gives a protection, which you can use offensively. Like I've had situations where I have a big creature and an opponent has a bunch of, you know, colored creatures all of the same color and i give a protection from that color i swing it for lethal so it's an evasion in that regard as well all right uh moving on last but certainly not least and this is kind of like the card that is the progenitor of this entire discussion so for the people who are frantically trying to find the timestamp where we actually talk about this card here you go it's undo <laughs> inversion the time has finally come everyone friends and family uh, this is a eight mana, eight mana, eight mana, lots of mana, sorcery, uh, destroy all non-land permanents. So it's a big old board wipe. It wipes, Amazing. It wipes the board for eight whopping mana, eight mana. In commander, it cleans the board, right? So, so. At so, the cost of a land. I don't it, know, it I don't know if I'm getting trolled. I don't know if I'm getting trolled, but it seems like Seth, Richard, and Krim, you all give it an S. And I gave it a B. An S plus. Yeah. Why are you so wrong? <laughs> yeah. That's what I've been waiting so hours to this. ask you. Why are you so wrong about this card? It's not a one for one. Commander, like, there's so many problematic <laughs> permanents, right? That you And this just clean sweeps it at the cost of a land. <laughs> See, okay. So the reason why I put, I put this uh, lower than you. First of all, I say good in certain decks. B means good in certain decks. I'm very ha happy to cast this in certain decks. And the reason why I don't put it higher than this is because the card that it is comparing to is our a revelation to me. This is a six mana sorcery that also destroys all non-land permanents. But I think if there's 10 or more non-land permanents on the battlefield, uh, I forget I forget the exact stipulation. Uh, yeah, uh, it costs three less to cast if there are 10 or more non-land permanents on the battlefield, which is almost every single time I've cast Arrow Revelation. I'm, I don't remember the last time I haven't cast Arrow Revelation for more than three mana. Three mana destroy all non-land permanents versus eight mana destroy all non-land permanents. Arrow Revelation is just so much better than Undo Inversion, and it costs the exact same amount, or it costs even less because it's been reprinted to the very ground. Then you put both in your deck. Yeah, redundancy. No, like, I don't. Yeah, yeah. I don't like you only play one brand, <laughs> and one's a land. It's I a land. Want, I don't want to blow up the entire board. I want to leave some of my stuff up. Like I'll have an hour of revelation, and I'll want like an austere commander or a cleansing nova that gives me more flexibility on what I blow up. Sometimes I don't want to blow up everything. But so like, what about not? the flexibility of a land yeah. or undo inversion? If you don't want to blow up everything, just play a land. <laughs> no, I I much prefer like if I have one slot for a destroy all non-land permanents, I'm gonna put our relation one? in there. My, yes. Well, only even one? if you only have one slot, you know I'll what the trick is, This is a land. Maybe you only have one slot. You replace a planes. You don't gotta take yeah. out your hour <laughs> relations. This isn't competing with the one slot. This is giving you a bonus. You get to do it twice I'm in your deck. I'm not gonna take out planes for it. I count it as a spell. I count this one as a spell, not a bad oh, yeah. planes. So that that's the thing I, is, it's counting as a non-land spot. And I'm looking between our revelation and it, and I'm gonna play our revelation every single time. Every single time. Three mana versus eight mana for the same so, so, so would you put our revelation in your white weenie deck? Over onto inversion? Yes. No. Hundred no. percent no. no. That's hundred percent wrong, what? right? You cannot put a wrath in your 
hundred percent creature. Would you put death, an onto right? inversion into it though? Yeah, yes. you could replace a land. Why? Because it's yeah. a land. I don't want to replace right? a land. <laughs> and, like sometimes you need to wrath and you don't want to cast a wrath in a creature only deck. You know, that's a weird slot to have, right? If you draw it early when nothing's going on, you don't want to do that. You can play it as a land, right? Late game, it's a good reset button when you're playing Kithkin. Right, yeah, so but, for that reason, it's actually in every single deck. Control decks need additional wraths as yep. a land. Perfect. Creature decks don't want to use a spell slot for wrath. Here you go. Right, it goes into literally every deck. Five C deck in. This is as close to a universal staple for me as possible. Right, yep. I will play like weird lands to make more white mana to include this in my five C deck. Right. This is the best MDFC to me. Of the oh, ball. come on. It All legit right. is the best MDFC. I don't know MDFC. if I'm getting trolled or not. You are <laughs> not. How are you so not I, I, I wouldn't go that far. Tangled for a Oh, my God. I, I, no. I see no. what this is. This is all led to I dunking agree. of me. No, uh-huh. legitimately, this is the best MDFC. It can go in I, every deck. We've cast this It'll, card so many times on Commander Clash. So many games were begging for an undo inversion off the top, right? And what did you draw? You probably drew a planes, right? Because you but are running our revelation, which is shame on you all. Because our but, revelation has been there the entire time. You run time. both and you have like a two of 60 shot of drawing. Ah, it, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. No. No. Like, a- what is the thing we asked most for on Commander Clash? A wrath. A wrath that hits everything, right? This is a free one in your land slot. It's not a free one. It costs eight mana. But There's so many times when I've had Ondu versions sitting in my hand, I don't have the mana to cast it. But it's who, like, who needs to wrath on curve? Well, then right? play like, as a land. It's very rare that you have to wrath on curve, right? I think this card, you, I put it, okay, I put it as a B, first of all. This is not like the worst MDFC of all time. I will run it, and I will happily run it, in say an omnath deck the four color omnath deck where i play it as a land early on then i have i have my carous i have my balance lands i have ways to return to my hand when i need to wrap the board plus getting to eight mana in a land based deck is really simple i can consistently get to it so it's fine it's like amazing it's a staple in that deck um i will run it in other decks as well if i'm in like a heavy control deck I'm going to run it in there too, and I want multiple wraths. And I, you know, like instead of running my usual like three or so board wipes, I'm going to run, you know, five, and then that will be number five. That is fine. But no, if I if I if I'm only running one hour revelation effect, I'm putting hour of revelation, it's not it. Hour revelation, it's a no. Land. I know what it is. It competes with planes. Then I would. And I want my planes. I want my planes. Is extra play under lens? I would put this in my go wide deck. I would put this in my aggro deck. It's so good. It goes in every deck. Yeah, you always need an emergency red button to blow up the board, right? That this. Who doesn't hit eight mana in commander? If you're not hitting eight mana in commander in 2021, you're doing it wrong. No matter what color you are, you should be easily hitting eight mana unless you're crim and like kept a one lander and like drew eight non lands in a row, right? Like. I, I like it. I like it in certain decks, and I stand by that. I, so ramp decks, and what was the other one? Control decks, super what control was? decks. Yeah. I mean, I very strongly disagree with you, Tomer. But 
you did say going into this that you evaluate MDFCs as if they were spells. Yes. And if I try to put myself into your seat and look at it from Tomer's perspective, where there's no backside to the MDFCs, it's not actually a land, it's just a spell. From that perspective, it does look a lot worse than Hour of Revelation. I would argue that's the wrong but, way to evaluate Yeah, that's the MDFCs. wrong way. Right? It's still a hundred card game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, but that the means that you're advocating running like 60 lands or something, right? As opposed to like a 50, like, you know, lands and mana sources, right? But either way, it's a hundred card deck. Are you putting this card in your deck, yes or no? And I'm putting it in How, some of my decks. I'm yeah, so no matter what reasoning you use, you're still wrong. You didn't put in your deck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is in every deck that can play it. If you can, yeah, ca- if this... you get white mana in your deck, you are playing this. If if I got white mana, this is one of the first lands that goes in my deck every time. Yeah, this, this is this goes at the start of every single deck. Like my yep. my deck list editor starts with an undo inversion in it and a dousing dagger. I want dagger. a compilation. <laughs> a number of times you wanted to cast undo inversion, but you couldn't. And I bet you, I bet you. Those decks and those times where you're running onto inversion, you weren't running our revelation, and our revelation could have saved you. But oh no 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 no, you were running onto inversion instead, not with, not in addition to, instead of, and that is the mistake, my friends. That is it, the mistake. What do you mean? It's in addition. Usually, it's because it's, it's instead I, of a land. Mm. <laughs> so I, I a have land. a board wipe. Yeah, the and then when you have your Amiria the Sky Ruin, and you have you know the Amiria Shepherd, and you're like, oh well, I wish this was a Plains. That's why. That's what happens. <laughs> yeah, but what, what about what when? You, what, let, let's just say your opponent has a Ristic Study or something out, and all these other things, and you're just empty on board. Well, you know what? Well, let's gee, I wish reset. I wish I got I got an earlier reset that costs a three mana instead of eight. But yeah. now you increase like, the like, odds like who, of you having Like, that. who's yeah, trying to cast these things on curve, right? And <laughs> since you wipe the board of everything, well, no one's going to kill you. You just help the table, right? Curves, you don't need to like make a temple play. You don't have eight mana to cast it. Like, it could happen. And if you... If you have onto inversion, Tomer, you don't have to make tough choices like Ristic Study or uh, things like all that. Right, like all right. this just takes care of all it right. for you. We, we covered we covered all the MDCs. We're running out of time. Sorry, we can't finish the discussion. Apparently, uh, we we spent a lot of time on onto inversion. For we're some we're putting a poll up on this. I really want to know what like the viewers think. Like, are we somehow like a weird group and we're skewed a certain way? We're like, does onto inversion all start? Like, literally, you're saying that onto inversion is the top MDFC, right? This was it the is. argument. Yes. Or yes. I, I like, no, no joke, I'm not trolling at all. Like, those are my top two, right? Those, <laughs> those are the top two. The Florahedron I do not. Mine, mine is like <laughs> Malakut Awakening one. number one, Seagate Restoration number two, Malakir Rebirth number three. I guess we're all wow. different on this too. Like, we're all, yeah, all pretty I, different. I have Seagate, Valakut Awakening, but also Floral Hedron and Undo Inversion. Those would be my my top, my top call, four, apparently. top tier. Wait, wait, wait. Do, do top three. Narrow it down to top three. All right, top three. What are you cutting oh, out of that Let's finish list? it up with top threes. Uh, all right, top three MDFCs. Do they got to be in order or just top just three? Okay. Like. Yeah, put yeah, it in order uh, if okay. you want to. Okay. Put it in order. Put it in order. Uh, yeah, number okay. one. People uh, like orders. Number, <laughs> number, number uh, three will be on new inversion. Oh. Number two, oh, Valakut oh, Awakening. <laughs> number two, Valakut Awakening. Number one, Tangled Floral Hedron. Oh, what? <laughs> 
I regret asking. I don't even know how. It's so good. It's so good. Every deck. Every deck you want that ramp spell. Put it. Try it, Tober. You, try you it. lost Tober's to respect dark side. as a magic player. <laughs> how is Florahedron number one? All right, let's let's it's move so on. Good. Extra disappointment, Richard. Tell me, tell me your top three. All right, number three, Seagate Restoration. Okay. Number two, Tangled Florahedron. Ah! Number one, Undo Inversion. Ah! <laughs> yes. Oh. It is actually perfect for me because I play oh. jank tribal decks. I cannot justify running a Wrath of God, but sometimes I need to reset the board. Undo Inversion, always there for me. Undo Inversion's uh, got you, whatever you need. Always there for you. Your buddy. Always there. The birds, backed by the birds. Your buddy. Undo Inversion. Backed by the Kiskin. What more do you need? Yeah. Fine. <laughs> All right, Krim, let's finish it up. What's what's your top three, buddy? Uh, so my top three would be uh, probably, okay, Hagra Mauling, then it would be Balagad Recovery, and then it'd be Undo Inversion. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> I mean, so the, uh, the, the third and second place, kind of self-explanatory. Oh. But, like, the mm -hmm. first one, even more self-explanatory. Actually, they're all self-explanatory. They're all really good cards. But Undo Inversion being the best of all the MDFCs because every deck should have a something to board reset. And if you can, if you can like, e even if you're an aggro deck, you should still have one. So, you know, why not have one in place of a planes? Cool, cool. Hard <laughs> reset, by the way. All right, my top three. Seagate Restoration in three. Oh. Malakir Rebirth in two. And at number version. one, Valakid Awakening. No Ondo Inversions! Oh, oh. <laughs> or Floral Heaters. No! I mean, Floral Heaters. No! Kaka. That card's Kaka. No! All that right. card's Kaka. That's it for a show, everybody. We're pushing over an hour and a half at this point. Hope you enjoyed. Hope you enjoy my misery. And uh, we learned... We, we've settled upon nothing. We've changed nothing. Changed no opinions. It's fine. Uh, tell us what you think, though. Tell us this discourse. Give us your top three and things. We'll read all of them. And yeah, let's put let's, let's put the top three in the comments. Yes. And we'll also put up a poll to see if Anu Inversion is good or not. Oh, it God. Is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't let me down, uh, viewers. Anyway. All right, so that wraps up our show, everybody. Hope you enjoyed. If you have any suggestions for future podcast topics, leave a comment in the uh, comment section below. And if you have any questions you want to see answered in a future podcast, uh, we usually do Clash Royale. We did not do any this week uh, because we are running very long. Uh, but you can send us a tweet on Twitter, hashtag Clash Mail, ask us a question, and we'll choose one question to answer at the end of every single podcast, except for this one because it's very long. All right, that's our show, everybody. Hope you enjoyed. And until next time, friends, see ya.